I thought she was going to preach. I almost got saved, Evelyn. I didn't get to be at that class, and I had planned to, but I had a, a, a wedding cake that I had to do, but I did sneak in and get some of her muffins, and they were, what were they, were they sugar-free or just gluten-free? Flour-free. They were really good. Amen. And only 49 calories. What if you dip them in chocolate? That would not be 49 calories. That would kind of negate the 49 calories. I was just wondering. Yeah, well... Don't dip them in chocolate. That would be bad. Right, Evelyn? I encourage you guys, really go, though, because I know a lot of, of us, you know, me included, you know, we, we keep praying for healing and praying for healing, praying for healing. And like Miss Evelyn said, your body is made to heal itself. God made you that way so that you would heal, and we just kind of put bad things in and don't put good things in. So I think if you come and listen and learn, I think we can kind of, our bodies will be changed and no dipping it in chocolate. But I was going to talk about something else. I was reading Psalm 118.24, and it's a really easy scripture. It's a scripture you've probably heard like a million times, but it really hit me differently this time that I read it. It's Psalms 118.24, and it says, This is the day the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. The way I looked at it today when I read it was, This is the day the Lord has made. I will. It's not just one of those things that's going to happen. I will or I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And lately, I'm going to tell on myself just because I can. But lately, I've been uh, wishing away my days. I've been saying, man, I'll be so glad when this weekend's over, and I'll be so glad when Tuesday's over, and I'll be so glad when Thursday's over. I'll be glad, you know, the middle of, I'm kind of like looking forward to middle of May when it slows down a little bit. And for those of you who have kids graduating, you kind of know how that is. But I, the, the Lord just kind of spoke to me about that and said, you know, why are you wishing away your life? Why don't you get up today and say, this is the day. Today is it. What if today was the only day you had? And I had to drive to Mountain Home the other day. I was flipping through the radio stations, and I heard this song. I don't know if you've heard it a million times, but it was that Live Like You're Dying song. Have you heard it? You know which one I'm talking about? And he, this guy finds out that he's dying, and so his friend asks him, he's like, well, what did you do? I was thinking, I might, like, you know, go cry and dip all my muffins in chocolate and eat them all. I don't know what I'd do. But he went skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing and rode a bull for probably about as long as Pastor Chris could ride one. Marcus, I think, was better at that. <laughs> no, he's like, no, no, not even that long. You, he was there, he says. But what if we did live every day like we were dying? What would you do differently? Would you, like that song said, like, uh, love better, forgive people that you've been hanging on to that unforgiveness? What would you do differently? So I've decided I'm going to start getting up, and even when I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm going to say, you know what, this is the day the Lord has made, and it might be the only one I have. So I'm going to choose to rejoice, and I'm going to choose to be glad in it. So I want you guys to do that along with me. All right. Love you guys. Check, check. There I am. I am on. So good to see y'all. Your happy, smiling faces. Have you got your Bibles? Let's lift them up this morning. Electronic devices work also. <laughs> All right. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. 
I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth representing every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. I messed that up, didn't I? Transforming. Man, y'all are getting good. I was just checking to see if y'all... <laughs> All right, we'll work, we'll work on all that. Uh, I got a story to tell you. Uh, there was a preacher, and he was going to check on different folks in his uh, congregation, and he decided he was going to ride his bicycle to do this. So he was out riding his bicycle, running around town. It didn't go, it just, I made that up. Anyway, he was riding around town and going to check on people, and he was going down the street, and he noticed a little boy standing out beside of the road, and he was trying to sell a little push lawnmower pastor thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this young man out. I'm going to stop and, and buy this lawnmower from him. So he gets off and he starts talking to the kid. And the kid said, you know what, I'd really rather have your bicycle than money. And so they, they swapped right on the spot. He said, all right, I'll give you my bicycle. And, and uh, so the little boy gets ready to ride off. The pastor leans down, starts trying to start the, the mower, and he can't get it to start. And he's yanking on it, yanking on it. And he said, wait, wait, before you go, What's wrong with this thing? The little boy says, well, you have to cuss at it before it'll start. He said, what do you mean I have to cuss at it? He said, well, it won't start unless you start cussing at it. He goes, son, he goes, I'm a pastor. He goes, I, don't, I haven't cussed in so long, I don't even remember how to cuss. He said, well, just keep yanking on that rope and you'll, you'll remember. <laughs> uh, I'll be here all week. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You know, this series has been really one of my favorite series, and, and I've heard so many neat stories. One of the ladies in our church told me about something that had happened to her this week. And if you haven't been here, we've been talking about a blessed life, and that God's desire for each one of us is that we have a blessed life. And the definition of a blessed life is a life that's overflowing with abundance, a life that's overflowing with good things. And that's God's desire for each of us. He wants all of his kids to have an amazing life. And even though life may be hard sometimes, he's right there with us. And that's his plan for our life. Uh, one of the ladies I talked to this week said uh, she was standing in line at the store and there was a gentleman that was there that he was buying some seeds for his garden, older gentleman. And uh, she let him get in line in front of him and she felt the Holy Spirit say to her, I want you to buy the seeds for this guy. So... She said, sir, I want to buy these seeds for you. And he goes, no, I don't want you to do that. He goes, no, I really feel like that I'm supposed to, so I want to buy these seeds. So she bought the seeds. And uh, as she, was, she left and some things happened in the parking lot and, and uh, there were some little boys that had decided they were going to set their trash outside their car. So she walked up to them and said, can I pick this trash up for you and move it? And they went, no, we'll do it. <laughs> so anyway, they picked their trash up, so she was excited about that. And, and uh, she went to the store to get some plants. She was going to go buy some plants. Well, she got there and found the plants. They were 99 cents is what they were marked when she got ready to check out. They were 49 cents. So she's like, well, that's cool. And, you know, she was saying, wow, this really is working. You know, I'm blessing other people, and God's blessing me. Well, when she got home, her husband said, a check came in the mail that we weren't expecting. Just out of nowhere, they got a nice check in the mail. And, and she said, what's this for? And he said, I have no idea, but we got another big check in the mail that we weren't supposed to get. That's how living a blessed life works. When you do 
the things the way that God wants you to do them. He will set up blessings for you. He will move in your life. He always honors his word. Always honors his word. Amen? So if you're wondering why there maybe aren't blessings in your life, what you need to do is you need to line up your life with the way that God does things. And if you do that, you're guaranteed to receive God's blessings. Amen? It always works. He always works. John 10, 10, Jesus is talking here and he says, The thief, which is Satan, does not come but to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And that's Jesus speaking. So what is a blessed life? And we've defined that over the course of our series. A blessed life is a life lived in abundance. A life lived in abundance. And that's abundance of good things. So here's number one on your notes today. Today, basically, I'm going to summarize the whole series for you. So if you haven't been here, you're going to get all of it. If you have been here, it's going to be a good reminder for you. I've also got some notes out in the lobby with the answers. So if you miss something, you can grab one of those afterwards. Here is number one. God's plan for blessing in our lives is not the best way or the right way. It is the only way. God's plan for blessing in our lives is not the best way or it's not the right way. God's plan for blessing is the only way. It's the only way. Number two, God operates in the law of opposites. God operates in the law of opposites. You might think, Pastor, what in the world does that mean? Well, if you look at a lot of the commandments that are in the Bible, a lot of times God asks us to do things that are contrary to how we think they should be done. For instance, uh, letter A under number two there says, forgive those who offend or hurt you. In other words, if somebody hurts you, what's your first response want to be? Huh? You want to get back at them, don't you? If somebody's mean to you, you want to get back to them. You know, that's our initial response is you push me, I want to push you back. And yet the Bible teaches us, Jesus teaches us to forgive those who offend or hurt us. And when we do that, he blesses our lives. Uh, number, or letter B, to have, he also teaches us in the law of opposites that if you want to have authority, you must submit to authority. If you want to have authority, you have to submit to authority. Sometimes in life, the reason you may not get promoted at work or at school and other things is you want to have all this authority and yet you're not willing to submit to those that are over you. And if you're not willing to submit to authority, God's not going to give you authority. Amen? Here's letter C. If you want to truly live, you must first die to yourself. If you want to truly live, you first have to die to yourself. True living, I was talking to Taylor about this this morning. True living is not in gathering a whole lot of possessions. It's not in fame. It's not found in money. If you truly want to live, you have to die to yourself first. Some of the desires that you have, you have to be willing to lay those down to truly find life. That song, you know, talks about if you only had a month left or a year left, how would you live your life? And I want to I tell you what. I think some of the people that live the most fulfilled lives are those that know they're dying. We spend so much time wasting time on unimportant things. I mean, think about it. Let's say, let's say you knew that Friday at 2 o'clock, the world was going to end. Would you not live differently? Would you not forgive maybe some people that you've been holding stuff against? That is so unimportant. 
You know, we hold these grudges and stuff, and it's like, that's, and you're miserable. You know, I've said it before, but it's worth saying again. When you don't forgive somebody, it's like you drinking poison expecting them to die. Who's going to die? The person that drinks the poison. And that's unforgiveness. Give forgiveness away. Holding grudges is just not worth it. When you forgive, you set yourself free and somebody else. If you want to be great, letter D, if you want to be great, you must learn to serve. You know, Jesus came and he washed the disciples' feet. He was God, y'all. And he sat down and he took those guys' sandals off and washed their feet. Now, how many of you know they probably hadn't washed their feet in rose water that morning? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, come on, fellas. How many of y'all been out working on a Saturday and you got your boots on and your big socks and, and you come walking in the house and you take your boots off and your wife says, don't leave those nasty things in here in this room. Why? Is it because they smell like petunias? Is that why? No. So I want you to imagine Jesus getting down and taking these guys' sandals off and washing their feet. He says, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you have to learn to humble yourself and serve. And if you've got a desire in your heart for everybody to serve you, then you've got a heart problem. I want you to understand, as the pastor of this church, my job is to be the chief servant in this church. But here's what happens. If we all begin to serve each other, what an amazing world it is. But when you have people that are wanting to take all the time, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy, right? How fun are those people to be around? But the people that you love and want to be around are those that are serving and they're giving. Here's letter E. If you want to receive, you must first give. If you want to receive, you must first give. So here's how we live a blessed life. Here's the summary today. Number one, God must be first. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to Exodus chapter 13. This is one of the key scriptures of this series. I'm going to read it to you real quick. I'm reading out of the New King James. It's either on the screen in New King James or New Living. Exodus 13, 12 and 13. And it shall be, and I'm going to start with 11. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you as to your fathers, and that he gives you that land that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. Or you, uh, and if you shall not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of the sons of man among your sons must be redeemed. In other words, whenever you get your first thing, what you give to God first redeems the rest of it. What you give redeems the rest. When you give your tithe to God, that first 10% redeems the other 90%. In other words, it makes it more valuable. It redeems it. And God requires us to give him first place. And I want to tell you why it's a heart issue. Because God knows that your heart and your checkbook are tied together. And he doesn't want your money, but he does want your heart. 
And somebody's asked me before, well, pastor, how does that even work? I mean, how, does, how is my heart and my wallet checked up? I've said this, and it's true. If somebody tries to drab, grab your wallet, you might have a heart attack. <laughs> That's one way. But, but here's the thing. You say, well, I feel like I've given God all that. Well, here's how you can tell if you have. Look at your checkbook and look at your calendar. Do you have God in your calendar? Do you, have, do you make time for God? Are you spending time with him during the week? If I look at your giving, are you giving God what is rightfully his? And when you do that, he will redeem the rest. Letter A under number one is when we give to God he, first, he redeems the rest. Number two. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. And the story we used there was Luke chapter 9, verse 12 through 17. And it's the loaves and the fishes. And you remember the story. I'm just going to summarize it for you. But they had all these people, about 20,000 people there, <coughs> more people. And Jesus said, hey, let's feed all these guys. And all they had was a little kid's happy meal. You remember that story? His loaves and his fishes. And so he came in and he gave Jesus his loaves and his fishes. And Jesus multiplied that and ended up feeding 20,000 people with that. And so here's the principle that we learn. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. Something must be blessed before it can multiply. God is not a God, letter A. God is not a God of addition, but he is a God of multiplication. God is not a God of addition. He's a God of multiplication. You go, well, pastor, how does that work? When you give to God, he doesn't just take what you have and double it or add to it. That's addition. God takes what you have and he puts his blessing on it. And when he blesses things, he makes it overflow. God can take your loaves and fishes and he can feed 20,000 people with them. And not only did they feed all those people, they had 12 baskets left over. So when God gets involved in your life, when you give to God your time, your talent, and your money, your resources, he takes that and he multiplies it. And he makes it into more than it could ever have been if you just did it yourself. Do you understand that? That's the principle of multiplication. So if you're wondering why there are blessings in your life, if you're wondering why things aren't going better, are you giving God your time, your talent, and your resources? And look, here's the deal, guys. If you look at it, God doesn't want a whole lot. He doesn't want a whole lot. He wants what belongs to him, and he will take that, and he will bless your life. And it's a matter a lot of times of our priorities. Where are our priorities? Listen to this, letter B. Only what is given away can multiply. Only what is given away can multiply. You know, do you expect, if I, if I um, hold some seed in my hand, let's say I have a, a watermelon seed. If I hold that watermelon seed in my hand, is it going to grow? What do I have to do? What's that? I have to dig a hole in the ground and plant it in the ground, don't I? But, I mean, how ridiculous is it if I said, I have a watermelon seed, and we're going to have a whole watermelon patch, and here's a seed, and I'm going to hold it in my hand, and we're going to have watermelons. What are you thinking? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> but you're thinking that's crazy, right? It's not going to happen. But here's what we do. We do the same thing in our lives. We hold on to everything and we hoard things. We hoard our time. We hoard our money. We hoard all these, our gifts. And then we wonder why they're not blessed. It's the same as that watermelon seed. Until you give it away, until you put it into the ground and let it grow, it's not going to multiply. 
So if you're wondering why it's not happening, have you given it away? Have you placed it where it needs to be? Then it multiplies. That's the principle. Here's number three. Money is a test. Matthew 6, verse 24. Money is a test. Boy, you guys sound excited this morning. This is Jesus talking here, Matthew 6, 24. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Then he says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon means riches. You can't serve God and serve mammon at the same time. Money is a tool. And God wants you to have stuff. And I want you to hear me. One thing in this series I really want you to understand. God is not against you having stuff. What is God against? Stuff having you. God is not against you having stuff. God doesn't care if you have a bass boat. Amen. Or a fishing pole. Or a cool car. Or a lot of shoes. Or purses or whatever. God is not against all that. But what God wants is to make sure that stuff doesn't have you. And the question is, are you giving to God what belongs to him first? Because when you do that, he will multiply back what he gives to you. And then you can have the stuff. But it's about your heart. It's about your heart. Okay? You cannot serve riches in God. And here's number four. Do the right thing. This was our fourth principle. Do the right thing. And what is the right thing? Letter A, get out of debt. Don't be a prisoner to debt. As soon as you can, pay off all that stuff. There are some of you here today that may be drowning in credit card debt or you've got all this debt out there and it's choking you. And you know who you are because you're the people that are nervous whenever you open up the mailbox and those letters are in there. Or you're the people that don't want 8 o'clock to come in the morning because you know the phone's going to start ringing and it's going to be debt collectors. If you're living in that kind of debt, you need to be free from that. Amen? And God will help you. And as you adjust your priorities, God will help you get out of debt and do those things. Letter B, never manipulate other people to get what you want. Don't use your gifts and abilities to get what you want out of other people. God gives you gifts and abilities for him and to bless other people. Not to get what you want. Don't use your gifts to get what you want. Let her see. God always honor doing, honors doing the right thing. God always honors doing the right thing. You know, so many times we, we're all facing situations, really it's every day, about doing the right thing. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's as little as opening the door for somebody. Sometimes it's as little as those boys putting the trash in the parking lot and needing to pick it up. I mean, it's the little things. But I want you to know something, guys. God always honors doing the right thing. Always. Little things and big things. And a lot of times, the little tests that come in our life, when you pass those, it prepares you for the bigger test. Amen? You know, somebody was talking to me the other day. And they said, man, pastor, if I win the lottery is when it was like, what, 250 gazillion dollars, whatever it was. If I win the lottery, I'm going to give, you know, 20% to the church or whatever it was. And, and, the, and it was interesting because as I was studying, he actually used that as an illustration. That people say that, but the question is, what are you doing now? Why do you think God would bless you with a lot more if you, you're not honoring him with what you have now? 
Many of us say, well, if I get that promotion, then I'll begin to do this for God. Or if, or if I get this or if I get that. And yet the principle teaches us that we need to do the right thing now. And then what happens, the way it works in God's kingdom, is as we do the right thing, then he opens up the opportunities for us. Does that make sense? So don't wait till you win the lottery. Begin to do the right things now. Amen? That's an important, important principle. Number five, here's the fifth principle. There's only two more. God desire, God's desire is to bless us. God is predisposed to bless us. And the word predisposed means he wants to. That's how he is wired. Hebrews 11.6 tells us this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know the way it works with God is when you follow his principles, he's going to bless you. And here's the cool thing about that. Here's something that I love about the way God works. <clears throat> you don't have to feel like it. Does that make sense? You don't have to feel like it. You know, sometimes doing the right thing is something you may not feel right about. But let me tell you something about how you feel. That's emotions. I can give you chocolate right now and you'll feel different. Right? There's some coffee back there that Becky made this morning. How many of you drive diesel trucks? Come on, let me see your hands. If there's some left, pour it in your tank. It will run, okay? <laughs> Here's my point. You can go drink coffee and feel different. That's a feeling. The way it works in God's kingdom is we don't operate on how we feel about things. We operate on principles. And what happens is as we operate on principles, our life and our heart begins to line up with God's word. So when you begin to tithe or when you begin to serve, you may say, well, pastor, I don't necessarily want to go serve in the nursery. There may be a need there, but I don't want to serve in that. Or I want to do it. But you know what? You don't do it as unto me. You do it as unto God. And when you begin to serve God, he's going to bless you. And you know what's going to happen is your heart's going to begin to line up with the word. You know, how many of you like to work out? Don't, I knew you were going to do that, Dennis. I knew that. Lord, forgive him. <laughs> but, but those of you that really like to work out, when you first started working out, did it hurt? It hurts, doesn't it? But after a while, after you do it for a while, maybe a few weeks or a few months, what happens is when you don't work out, you miss it. And you want to do that. You want to get involved. And that's how it works. We have to be in this for the long run, guys. I've heard people say before, you know, I'm going to try this God thing out. Well, that's like going and drinking a Coke and seeing if you like it. You don't try God out. You give your life to God, and then he begins to direct your life and guide you. And it's a long-term commitment. Guys, our faith, our faith in God, our faith in the life that he's given us is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, Trish has told the story before. I think it was a 40-yard dash or a 60-yard dash when she was in elementary school. And, and she had been out running, and one of the coaches talked to her and said, now, Trish, Trish, darling, you need to pace yourself. You need to learn when you're running. You need to learn how to pace yourself. So what does that mean? That means you don't run all out when you're running. You pace yourself for the long haul. Well, and then she got up to run the 40-yard dash. <laughs> you know how to pace yourself for 40 yards, guys? Anybody? 
So Trish gets up there and she finished last and she couldn't understand why because she wasn't running real hard. She was pacing herself. <laughs> she, was, she was pacing herself for a marathon, not for a sprint. And that's how we have to do life. Some of us in life, and I've seen this happen in church before. I'll have people come in and they'll go, man, pastor, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do the other thing. And then they fizzle out because they're going on emotion and they're going on how they feel. And God's looking for commitment and he's looking for long term. And he wants people that are going to be steady over a long period of time. And here's the good news. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be committed. Amen. Here's the final thought. Number six, God calls us to be good stewards of what he has given you. You know, everybody has different levels of income in here. Everybody has different levels of gifts, different abilities. No two of us are alike. None of us. None of us are alike. And God gives every one of us a little bit of different things. But here's the deal. Whether you have one gift or talent or ten, whether you have a little bit of money or a lot is irrelevant to God. What you're going to be responsible for in life is what did you do with what he gave you. If you look at Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, and I'll summarize the story for you, is that Jesus is giving out talents and gifts to these guys. And as he gives it to them, he eventually comes back and he says, what did you do with what I gave you? And one of the servants said, hey, I took it and doubled it. And the Lord says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he, he gives it to three servants. And to the second servant, he said, what did you do with what I gave you? He said, I doubled it. He said, and he went to the last servant who'd only given one talent. He said, what did you do with what I gave you? He said, I buried it in the ground. I didn't do anything with it. And here was the end result. Jesus said in the parable, take what he has away and give it to the one that had the most because he did something with what I gave him. What God is looking for, you may say, well, I can't sing. I can't, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have this. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. God wants you to take what you, he's given you and give it to him, and he will multiply it back. That is being a good steward. That is using what God has given you well, and that is not wishing your life away. Final thought today. And this is what having a blessed life is really all about. If you want to have a blessed life, guys, it's all about faith and it's all about control. So you have to get to the point where you believe God's word. If God said it, then I'm gonna believe it. And if I give God charge of my life, I'm gonna let him stay in charge. It's all about faith and control. Amen? excited to see you. What are you doing? Look what I have for you. What? I want to give you this. Let's do it. Okay. I want to give you that. You want to give me this? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Why, why do you want to give me this, Ange? Okay, Pastor Chris has been talking about having a blessed life. Yeah. And I want to have a blessed life. Okay. So I want you to make my decisions for me. Okay, so you know what this means. I what? definitely know what that means. When I sit here... 
I'm gonna make all the decisions. I know. Okay. I'm so ready. I'm excited. I know, me too. Yeah, I'm honored. This is pretty awesome. Okay, Jesus, sit down. Okay, I'm gonna sit. Okay. It's pretty comfy. I, it's pretty amazing. I know. I've been sitting there a long time. I, yeah. And Jesus, like, every time I have a decision, and I'm sitting on it, and I have control, and then I lose it because the human side of me just, I never make the right decisions. You know, you're going to give up control. And, and I never give you control, but I'm ready. I'm ready to have a blessed life. I'm excited. Are you ready to start? I'm so excited. Okay. Well, you know how Trisha's been talking about having you serve in the church a little bit more? Oh, I'm, Jesus, I'm ready. You're ready? Well, yeah. she's been trying to get a hold of you for a while. Why don't you maybe give her a call right now? Ring, ring. Hello? Hey, Trisha. Hi. Who is this? Oh, it's Angela. I just, you had been asking me to call you, and so, you know, Jesus kind of convicted me this morning, and he said, just call her, so here I am, and what's oh, up? Oh, my gosh, I've been trying to get a hold of you for so long. I'm so glad you finally <laughs> called me. Okay, here's the deal, girl. I need your help. I'm, I'm going to help you, Trisha, and I'm very excited. Yes. I'm so proud of you. You must have had a talk with Jesus. Okay, here's the deal, girl. You, you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, we are going to have a spa party. I am talking manis. I, I am Jesus. talking petties right up your alley. We are going to have such a good time with those girls. I, Trisha, I would love to. Yes. I'm so excited. Okay, good. Okay, so you're going to do it? I'm yes. definitely. Okay, okay. Yes. I won't, I won't, I'm just going to be so excited. Grandma is just going to be so happy. Okay, now you know the place right down on the four lane. That's where the nursing home is. Well, Grandma's been there for a long time, and girl, she has not had a manicure for so long. And those toes, I got to tell you, they are atrocious. Atrocious. Yes. Two words. Atrocious. Yes. And her friends, I'm telling you, they could use some love and help. And they just really need Trisha, it. Trisha, no, I'm no, no. so busy. Oh, you know it, but Cheryl is going to be so excited. I'm so glad you already said you'd do it because her fungus, it's really been acting up. And that her friend, uh, Darren, she just has a hammer toe so bad. It, yes. And she just feels so self-conscious in her little flip-flops. And those flip-flops are so cute. I don't know why she's worried about a hammer toe. Oh, you do have a belt sander, don't you? If you don't got a belt sander, I'm sure a mouse sander will do. You got a mouse sander? How about one of them files? You know what? Just, I'll just bring some 20 grit. We'll be good. Yes. Trisha, I, yeah. I don't think I can. It, yes. Well, I ain't even told you when it is. How do you know if you can? Well, when is it? May 6th. Well, Abby, I, I think Abby has something going on that weekend. Well, that's no. all right. That's all right. You know what? We can change it to the next weekend. Those girls are going to be so excited. Trisha, May is just so busy for our family. I don't think I can do it, but I will definitely Inch. call you. If, you know, if some time comes up and I'm able to help you out, then I definitely will. For real? Well, all right. Well, I guess I could do it myself, but I thought you was, well, all right. Well, I'll call that's you. Already. I'll, Trisha, I will call you when I have some time, and we'll get together, and we'll do it, and, and it'll be great. All right, hon. Will you just call me if you can, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, girl. Bye. Ange, what? what I, I'm, I'm kind of one cheek in it here, Ange. What's going on? Ange. Jesus, that's so weird. Yeah. Well, what, well I gave you control of the yeah. chair, and then, and then Trisha called me. me, and she wanted me to serve, and, and I, I was said, so yes. excited. 
And, and I was so excited because we were going to do manicures and pedicures. And you and love I, that. And I thought it was going like, to be on our friends and like the girls of the church. But then she said her grandma and the nursing home. And, and she's talking about grandma. fungus. And Jesus, why would you ever want me to do something disgusting? Angela, some, So I just Ange. knew that, Jesus, I knew you would not want me to do that. Ange, sometimes I'm going to want you to do things that you don't want to do. Jesus, that was disgusting. Ange, it's her grandma. Do you want me to sit in the stool? I want or not? you to sit there, Jesus. I just Okay. I want I want you to sit there. I'm going to give you another chance. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So, blessed life. Pastor Chris has also been talking about tithing and giving what you have and honoring what you have. I I totally did that this week, Jesus. You did. Yeah, I got my paycheck on Friday, and then I paid the rent, and then I paid Abby's gymnastics, and then um, I took my friend who really, she doesn't get to have very good food very often, right. so I took her out to lunch, and then um, I had to go get Alex a new pair of shoes, and then, like, this morning, when they were passing around the offering plate, I had $200 in my wallet, right. so I gave 10%, and I put $20 in there, and that's what you said. What you want you didn't start 10%. With you gave me 10% of what was left. Jesus. And you made over $2,000. I wanted Jesus. 10% of what was first. I work hard for my and, money, Jesus. And. I work so hard for my money, and then I pay all my bills, and then I don't understand why you want so much from me all the time. 10% of my money that's left over, that should be good enough for you. But Ange, it's my money. I gave it to you. Jesus, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought you'd be proud that I wanted a blessed life. I'm proud so I need $20. Yes. Inch. $200 is a lot of money, Jesus. Inch. Really? Inch, do you want me to sit in the stool or not? Nope. You're, yeah. Jesus, See? what happened? You were sitting there, and now you're not sitting there. Yeah, because you pushed me again. I'm no cheating it now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I really, I, I really thought that this was going to be easier. And when Pastor Chris was talking about the blessed life, it, it sounded so easy. Like, just give it to Jesus and everything will be so easy. And it can be, but you've got to give me control. Jesus, I'm really trying and I, I want you to have it. Okay, and I want to take it very badly. But you've got to give it to me, so you're ready. This is, this is it. I think I'm okay. ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm going to give you another chance. Okay. Last chance. Last chance. Ready? I'm going to do it this time. Okay. Here we go. Okay. All right. Pastor Chris has also been talking a lot about forgiveness. Jesus, I don't struggle with forgiveness. It, really? Yeah. Seriously. I don't have anybody to forgive, Jesus. I love everyone. Well, what about your best friend? Jesus. You don't even understand. Yeah. Do you know how much she has hurt me and betrayed me? It. And she, I can't even trust her anymore, Jesus. It. And she lies to me all the time. I don't, you don't it. even know what it's like to be betrayed by friends. Ser really? Really? Jesus. Ange, you've got to forgive her. I forgave you. Jesus, 
I don't want any relationship with her anymore, Ange, and I'm done. Ange, so I don't not understand a, why you even want me to go talk to her and say, I forgive you. It's about the forgiveness. You don't have to restore the relationship, Ange. You've got to forgive her, though. Ange. Ange. Ange, this isn't working out. Ange, I'm trying to do what's best for you. I'm trying to give you a blessed life. And I, and and I, I love you. that. But you've got to give it to me. You've got to give me control. Jesus, I want to give you control. And I want to take it. I just, I need you to pretty much do it all for Ange, me. I, do you want to give it to me? I want to give it no, to I you. I want to take it. Okay. Inch, you've got to let go. Inch. You, inch. Jesus. Inch. Inch. You've got to make a decision. I just can't. You just did. Guys, God wants us to have a blessed life. He wants us so badly. He loves each and every one of you, no matter what you have, no matter what you don't have, no matter if you're tattooed, pierced, young, old, broken, beautiful. It doesn't matter. He loves you. He yearns for you. He will run to you if you will turn to him. That's all he wants is to give us a blessed life. I know there's someone out there today that wants that. I know there's someone out there that needs that. And I just pray today that, that you'll accept that and you'll give God control today. Amen. Let's give him a hand, guys. Can't think of any better way. It's pretty clear, isn't it? It's pretty clear. So if you're struggling right now, if that's you, if that's you, today's your day. So what we're going to do, Wes, we're going to do this a little different today. Wes is going to sing. I want the prayer partners to come. If you're ready to give control up to the Lord today, whether that's surrendering your heart to him for salvation, whether it's to rededicate your life, or maybe there's an area in your life where you're not giving him control. Maybe you're addicted to smoking or whatever it is. Whatever it is, today's your day. If there's forgiveness that needs to be given, today's your day. The altars are open. of crazy things done in your name I know the tricks behind the magic show I've almost thrown the towel in a time or two and walked away from everything I know but I can't feel this emptiness inside of me Or calm the troubled waters of my mind So if you're really out there and you're listening Prove to me what others talk about 
If you can just see fit to show me some of who you are, if you can shed some light into this broken sinner's heart, I need to know the truth, and I need something I can feel. Oh, I need. There must be some good reason why you brought me here Through the valleys of the shadows hover close Cause down here there's a mask to cover every face but it's your sweet face I long to see the most. So if you think there's just the slightest hope for me, despite of all my questions and my doubt, let me hear your still small voice speak out my name. And prove to me that those who seek will find. If you can just see fit to show me some of who you are. If you can shed some light into this broken sinner's heart. Oh, I need to know the truth. And I need something I can
I need you 